Open your Bibles this morning. I'll eventually get to this book, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. It'll be later on in the message when I get there. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. For the next four weeks, including today, I'm going to be speaking on the words, the W-O-R-D-S, the words of Christmas. You know, you know, Christmas is a blessed time if you focus on the true meaning and message of Christmas. I mean, if you really focus on what Christmas is all about in the Word of God, then it will bless you and it will encourage you and it will really build your faith. It really will. But we all know how difficult it is to focus on the true meaning and message of Christmas because of the secularization of it. I mean, society has taken hold of it and used it as a great commercialization and commercial thing. But yet, it's a great opportunity for us. It is a great opportunity for us just to focus on the true meaning and the real message of Christmas. You know, we've all heard the things, well, that, you know, we talk about the sounds of Christmas. And we're talking about the songs and the carols and, and many sounds, biblical sounds, secular sounds. But I want to focus on the words of Christmas. And there are four words, four, that absolutely are at the heart of the birth of Jesus in the manger in Bethlehem. The first word is peace, and I'm going to speak on that today. The second word is joy. What is that? Joy to the world. Joy. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Well, what is joy? Then the third word is the word hope. Because is there, if there's an underlying message throughout the Christmas story and throughout the gospel, it's a message of hope. Peace. Joy, hope, and then on Christmas Day, it's amazing this year and wonderful that Christmas is on Sunday, the Lord's Day. And then I'm just going to speak on, I'm going to take the name Jesus. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And the angel said to her, you shall call his name Jesus. And so on Christmas Day, we'll just, what does the word are? the person of Jesus, mean to us. But today I want to speak to you about peace. Isaiah 9, 6, listen, the great description of what the coming of Christ was all about. The great description of what Emmanuel is all about. Isaiah 9, 6, you know it. For unto us, us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of his government and peace there shall be no end. What an amazing name 
given to Emmanuel, God with us, the Prince of Peace. Quite a contrast, quite a contrast from a religion that says, kill the infidels and you'll have a place in heaven. No, Jesus is the Prince of Peace who said, love your enemies and bless those that curse you. And pray for those who despitefully use you. He is the prince of peace. One of the great verses that describe uh, why Jesus came is in Luke chapter 1, verse 79. He said, a light shall be shining in the darkness. Talking about Jesus. This was Zechariah, John the Baptist's father. He said, a light shall be shining in the darkness and he will guide our feet into the way of peace. What a description of why Jesus came. Yes, the light shining in the darkness, but he was going to guide our feet into the way of peace. And then I love Luke 2, Luke 2 4, 18, which says, for I, uh, he says, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And then the angel said, peace on earth. They said that peace on earth and goodwill to men. What does it mean that Jesus is the Prince of Peace? It means two things. It means, first of all, that everybody in this room and everyone in this world, because Jesus came, can have peace with God. And that is so significant that through the birth of Christ, his sinless life, his death on the cross, his glorious bodily invisible resurrection from the dead. Through Christ, every one of us, because he's the prince of peace, every one of us can have peace with God. But then it also means this. The word of Christmas is peace. You can have peace with God. But the word of Christmas is peace. You can have the peace of God. And man, I'm telling you, when you have peace with God through Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, and when you have the peace of God inside of you through Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, I'm telling you, you have found life that everyone in this world is searching for. You say, well, Brother Fred, let me ask you this. Why was it necessary for Jesus to come so that we could have peace with God. Why was that necessary? Well, you know the story. You've heard it. When God created Adam and Eve and put them in the garden, they, had, they, had, they were at peace. I mean, the peace with God between Adam and Eve and God was absolutely perfect and without blemish. It was wonderful. And they fellowshiped and they walked in the garden. But you know the story that Adam and Eve sinned. And the moment that they sinned against God, there was guilt and there was shame. And so instead of looking forward to walking with, the God, with God in the cool of the day, they hid behind the trees in the garden, guilty and ashamed because their peace with God had been shattered. Their peace with God had been broken. But you remember the story how the Lord came in the cool of the day, and said, Adam, Adam, where are you? Where are you? God knew where they were, but he wanted them to know where they were. And of course, 
Adam and them were hiding because of the sin that they had committed in disobeying God. And their peace was gone. Jesus came to restore us to peace with God. You say, well, Brother Fred, I've always had peace with God. No, we haven't. Let me tell you how the Bible describes us. Here's a person without Christ. Here's a person that has never had an encounter with Jesus, and their sins have never been forgiven, and they've never been reconciled to God. Now listen to how the Bible describes our need for peace with God. In Romans 5.10 it says, this is a pretty strong word. If when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we will be saved by His life. It says, we were enemies because of our sin and because of going our own way. That's exactly what the Bible called us. For when we were enemies with God, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. No passage in the Bible describes better how we need peace with God than the book of Colossians chapter 1. I want you to listen how it talks about the fact that we need peace with God. It says, now listen carefully, talking about Jesus, this is why we need to have peace with God. For it pleased the Father that in Him, Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. Emmanuel, God with us. And by Him, Jesus, to reconcile all things to Himself. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace. Now listen, in him dwells all the fullness, and it pleased God that through him to reconcile all things to himself. Listen to how he did it. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. In other words, there could have been no peace with God. The birth of Christ, as significant as it is, Emmanuel, would not have been complete without the death of Christ, where he died for our sins, but because he made peace through the blood of his cross. And listen to how it describes us. And you who were once alienated, you see, we were alienated. Adam was alienated from God by his sin. You who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, Yet now has he reconciled. Oh, I'm going to tell you, every one of us desperately need to have peace with God. And that's why Jesus came. And that's why through the blood of his cross, he died on the cross for our sins. And that is why now, through the blood of his cross, we who were alienated from God and enemies in our mind by wicked works, we can now be reconciled to God. We can have peace with God through the blood of his cross. You know the whole message of Christmas? It's, it's the message of peace. That because Jesus was born and because he died on the cross, that you and I can have peace with God. He came to restore our peace with God. You know, I love that passage over in Corinthians Man, it is so beautifully, beautifully clear as to what, this is the message of Christmas. This is the word about peace. Listen to it. In 2 Corinthians 5 
18, it says, All things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself. Wait a minute. We had to be reconciled. In other words, if there's enmity between two people, if there's separation between two people, there needs to be reconciliation. There can't be reconciliation unless there's separation. It says, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, you, you, you want to see the John 3.16 of Christmas? Listen to this. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not charging their sins to their account, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has given to us the word of reconciliation. And how did he do it? Verse 21, he made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know what Christmas is all about? It's all about peace. It's all about the Prince of Peace. And that through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you and I do not have to be estranged from God. We do not have to be separated from God. We do not have to be alienated from God. Through Christ and His death and His precious blood, we can be reconciled to the God who created us. It's all about peace. He's the Prince of Peace. And He came... And through him, we can have peace with God. You know what Romans 5, 1 says? Therefore, being justified by faith, faith in Christ, his death, resurrection. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. What a statement. Justified by faith in Christ, we have peace with God. He becomes our heavenly father. Who loves us. Now he loves you when you're lost. But when Christ comes to live in us. And we're reconciled. He's our heavenly father. He's the creator of all people. But he's the father of those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. And, and now you see. No longer separated. No longer estranged. Our father who art in heaven. Peace. That, that's the word of Christmas. Jesus is the prince of peace. He came to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the angel said, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. But you know, there's a second aspect of this peace. And man, I'll tell you, it's what, what's life all about. The word of Christmas is peace. We can have peace with God. But the word of Christmas is peace. We can have the peace of God. And that, that, that's an inward state that is an inward condition that we can have the peace of God inside of us. And boy, I'll tell you, in a troubled world full of troubled people, I'm telling you, if people long to have peace. Man, if I could just have peace, peace inside of me, peace. And, and there's a desperate longing for, for people to have that inner peace that, that, that the world can't give you. And they look everywhere to try to find it. You know the Bible says there's no peace to the wicked? Did you know the Bible says that? In fact, one of the most 
descri- uh, vivid descriptions of what it is to, to be separated from God and not have the peace of God is in Isaiah 57. I want you to listen to this. This describes people who don't have the peace of God. It says in Isaiah 57, 19, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him who is far off and to him who is near, saith the Lord. I will heal him. Now notice what he said. Peace, peace to him who's far off and to him who is near, saith the Lord. I will heal him. But listen at this. But the wicked are like a troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mirt and die, uh, mir, uh, cast up mire and dirt. And then it says it. This is verse 21 of Isaiah 57. There is no peace, saith my God, for the wicked. He said it's like, wicked is like a troubled sea. Have you ever seen a troubled sea? And then he says, there's just no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. But oh, my friend, the Prince of Peace, Jesus, came not only to give us peace with God, but he came to give us the peace of God inside of us. But I will say to you, you'll never have the peace of God in you until you have peace with God through the blood of his cross. Man, I want to talk to you about the peace of God. I'm telling you, there's nothing in this world like having the peace of God inside of you. You know what it says of Jesus in Colossians 2.11? He himself is our peace. Now notice, it didn't say that Jesus didn't come and say, well, I'm going to give you peace. He said, no, he himself, Jesus, is our peace. Ephesians 2.11, what a verse. He himself is our peace. Then you get over to John chapter 14. I want you to listen to what Jesus said about this matter of peace. John chapter 14 and verse 27. Now listen to this. You're talking about, you said, Brother Fred, man, I I just stay troubled all the time. I I, I just really don't have peace. Something's not right. Something's missing. And I, I, I just wish that I could have peace. And live with peace. No matter what I go through, that I just have a a peace that was unshakable. Now it said in Ephesians, he himself is our peace. But listen to what he said. In John 14, 27, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Jesus said, my peace, my peace I give to you. He himself is our peace. It is the presence of Jesus in us that is our peace. And he said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. You don't have to be troubled or be afraid. Then he said it again in John 16. In verse 33, I want you to listen to what Jesus said about his peace. In John 16, 33, listen to him. These things have I spoken to you, his disciples, that in me you might have peace. Well, Brother Fred, I thought peace, I could find peace in a person. I thought I could find peace in a job. I thought I could find peace. You might find happiness, 
But no, peace is a totally different thing. It says here, these things have I spoken to you that in me you might have peace. He said, your peace is going to be in me. And and then he goes on and says something. Are you listening? He says, in the world you'll have tribulation. He said, I've spoken to you. Because in me you can have peace. But in this world you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Jesus is the prince of peace. And the whole word of Christmas is peace. And here's the good news. You can have the peace of God inside of you. It is the presence of Jesus. And it is his presence that gives us peace that passes all understanding. Right after Jesus was crucified and was raised from the dead, he went to appear to his disciples. And they were, they were upset, they were troubled, because they'd watched Jesus be crucified. So Jesus finally appears to them. Now you've got to understand, he was crucified the third day, he arose from the dead, the disciples had been afraid and scattered, so Jesus goes to them, and I want you to notice what he says to them when he goes to them. In the midst of their distress, in the midst of their fear, and in the midst of their trouble. In John twenty nineteen, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews. They were afraid. They killed him. They're going to they kill us. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be to you. First word he spoke to them. Man, they were afraid. They'd followed him for three years. They'd seen him mocked, beaten, crucified. To them, their whole world had ended. But now the third day had come and Jesus was alive and he goes to the room where they're secluded because they were afraid. And the first thing he says to them in the midst of their fear and trouble is, peace be to you. I got to thinking how that's exactly what Jesus wants to do for you and me. When fear comes upon us, when troubles seem to overwhelm us, when everything that can go wrong goes wrong, it's just like we just need to look to him in the midst of the storm and hear him say, as he said to those disciples, peace be to you. My peace. Peace be to you. And then in verse 21 of John chapter 20, he says, So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. I'm going to tell you, there's nothing to compare with the peace of God. You know, I'll be very honest with you. I don't really think you can explain it. You have to experience it. You know, you've got to understand something about peace. Peace is not the absence of trials. Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. If they love me, they love you. If they hated me, they'll hate you. You, you got this idea, 
Well, Brother Fred, I just want peace. And, and, and you're thinking that means it's the absence of trials. It's the absence of storms. It's the absence of difficulty. It's the absence of heartache. It's the absence of illness. No, no. A thousand times, no. The peace of Jesus is peace in the storm. It is peace in the heartache. It is peace in the illness. It is peace in the difficulty. It is peace when the, ch- it is peace when the child is wayward. It is peace when your marriage is struggling. It's peace when things at work are overwhelming. You see, the peace of Jesus is not the absence of heartache or difficulty, but it's the peace of Jesus in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the heartache, in the middle. It's His peace. I'm telling you, you, you can't describe it. You have to experience it. It's just His presence in your life. And it is the presence of Jesus in your life. You don't like the storm. You don't like the trial. You don't like the heartache. You don't like the difficulty. You wish you weren't there, but you are. But all of a sudden you realize, but wait a minute. Christ lives in me. And he's the Prince of Peace. And he said to me, Fred, my peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. I give you my peace. In me, you will have peace. You know, you say, well, Brother Fred, let me ask you a question. I I, I believe that. I I believe there's the peace that comes from Jesus in my life. It's the peace of God that would see see me through every storm, every trial, every heartache, every difficulty. I just believe that there may be a hurricane on the surface and the waves may be 40 feet high, but I believe down underneath the surface, the waters can be calm and there can be a stillness. Oh, up here, it is, it is out of control. But under here, there is the peace. And that is exactly right. But now let me ask you a question. How do you walk in that peace? I will tell you this, the most important thing in my life out of my relationship with Christ, of course, the most important thing is to hear his voice, to obey him, to live in fellowship with him, and to be sure. But I'm going to tell you something. If you say, Brother Fred, what is it about following Jesus? What is it about knowing Jesus? What is it that is so precious? I said, well, It's our daily fellowship with him. But I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm just telling you. It's the peace of God. It's just the peace of God. No matter where you are and what you go through. But let me ask you a question. He said, I'm going to give you my peace. He said, I'm I'm going to be your peace. But now, how, how, how how do you operate in that? How do you live in that? Because, I mean, you, 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 I'm telling you, you can, nobody can take it away from you. Because if Jesus lives in you, but you can lose it. So how do you walk in the peace of, of Jesus? The peace of, how do you do it? Well, I'm going to tell you exactly how you do it. You have to keep your focus on Jesus. Don't be like Peter. Peter said, Lord, if this is you, have me come to you. It was in a storm. 
Jesus comes walking to him on the water and, and, and spoke to him. He said, don't be afraid. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come to you. Jesus said, it is me. And so Peter gets out of the boat, man, and he starts walking on the water, walking on the water. But the Bible says the waves were boisterous and the wind was blowing. Peter got his eyes on the waves. And Peter got his eyes on the wind. And he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. What did Jesus do? Condemn him because he got his eyes on his circumstances, the winds and the waves? No. Jesus understood the heart of man. Jesus reached out to Peter as he was sinking, picked him up in his arms and carried him. And they got in the boat together. But you see, Peter didn't have to sink because Jesus was his sufficiency. But he got his eyes off Jesus and he got his eyes on his circumstances. In the storm, in the trial, If Jesus is going to be your peace, you just got to keep your focus on him. You just got to keep your focus on him. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Okay, you're in a financial storm. So what do you do? Look at the storm and look at your checkbook? Or do you look to Jesus and say, Jesus, you said you'd give me peace in every situation. And I'm asking you, you are my peace. And so, Lord, I'm trusting you to be my peace in this storm. You see, if you're going to walk in the peace of Jesus, and he is there and he is your peace, you've got to keep your focus on him. You look at your circumstances, fear will come. Anxiety will rise. He said, my peace I give to you. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But I've overcome the world. Listen, you've got to keep your focus on Jesus and not on your circumstances. I love this verse in Isaiah. And this is exactly what you have to do when you are in the storm. This is how you do not lose the peace of Jesus that is in you. It's in Isaiah 26. I want you to listen to it. Y'all know it, but I want you just to let this get in your heart now. I'm saying, how do you walk in that peace? Peace with, not just the peace with God. If you've got peace with God, then you can have the peace of God. But how in the world do you live in that? Will you keep your focus on Jesus? Listen to what it says in Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. That does not say you will keep him in perfect peace who is constantly looking at his circumstances, constantly looking at the waves, constantly looking at the winds, constantly looking at his troubles, examining and re-examining all the heartaches and difficulties in his life. It does not say that. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Then he goes on and said, Because he trusts in you. Because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. It is a battle. Oh, it is a battle to keep our eyes on Jesus. 
to keep our mind and heart. You will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind, I'm telling you, but you've got to do that. You've just got to say, Lord, you live in me. Now you enable me just to get my focus on you, my mind on you, my eyes on you, and to trust you. And and, and I'm going to tell you something. Man, you, you can be over your head and have tremendous peace because you're looking to Jesus and you're trusting him and you're allowing him to be your peace. You've got to keep your focus on Jesus. But there's another verse, too. This is how you walk in that peace. Keep your eyes on him. You say, but my circumstances are getting worse. You're not going to get them any better by looking at them. You better keep your eyes on Jesus. But here's the second thing. Cry out to him in the storm. (laughs) Did you notice Peter? When he started sinking, he said, Lord, have mercy. What am I going to do? I I I think I'll swim. He He knew it was too bad a storm to swim. What did he say? He said, Lord, save me. That's the best thing he could ever have done. He cried out to Jesus. Let let me give you, boy, you're talking about verses to live by. This is how you walk in peace. You keep your focus on Jesus. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. But you not only keep your focus on Jesus, but man, you cry out to Jesus. And I love this. I mean, this is where you have to live as you walk with God. Every day it says, verse 6, listen to Philippians 4, 6. You know this verse, but this is where you've got to live. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. Listen, it is the peace of God that makes the Christian life so absolutely abundant and and joyful. It's the peace of God inside of you, no matter where you are and what you're going through. It says, in verse 6 of Philippians, be careful for nothing. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. He said, let me say it one more time. Don't worry. Be careful for nothing. But in everything. Everything by prayer, cry out to him, Lord, save me, Lord, help me. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Lord, save me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you're going to do it, you're doing it, Lord. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. This is who I am. This is where I am. This is what I'm facing. And oh God, if I ever needed your peace, I need it now in this storm. He said, well, you just be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And listen to what it says. When you do that, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and it'll guard your mind. Folks, you know what he said? Just cry out to God. Lord, Lord, I'm up to my neck in alligators. Lord, I I mean, just cry out to God. Just cry out to God. And he says, don't worry, just cry out to him and thank him that he loves you and he's in your life and he's never going to leave you or forsake you. And you cry out to him. And as you do, and as you cast your care on, he says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding will guard your heart and it'll guard your mind through Christ Jesus. I'll tell you this. I know it is true. Everybody in this room who knows Jesus, you know it's true. 
Man, everything that's nailed down can come loose. And everything that can go wrong goes wrong. But you just keep your eyes on Jesus. And you just cry out to Jesus. And instead of falling apart, God keeps you together. And they say, well, why aren't you upset? I mean, why aren't you falling apart? Why aren't you going to pieces? I don't know how you're going through that. Oh, I can tell you how I'm going through that. It has nothing to do with me, but the Prince of Peace lives in my heart. Hallelujah. And he is my peace. Man, Jesus, what a, what a name. The Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. And he came so that you and I could have peace with God. But praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. He came so that we could have the peace of God. I will close with this. You know, one of the joys and the sorrows of being a pastor is you walk with people through every circumstance. You just walk with people. There's been a loved one killed instantly. Somebody you knew and loved, and you knew them, and all of a sudden, they're gone. You know where they are, but you go to that family, and and you realize there's no word I can say. Not a word. But I tell you what, we can cry out to Jesus and ask Jesus to be their peace. And he is. You can stand by the side of a man or woman who just one or two heartbeats away from heaven. But yet they're conscious. But you look in their eyes. And you see their peace that the world didn't give them and that illness can't take away. It's the peace of God. I'm going to tell you, you can't put a price on it. It's the way you live. This is how you live in a troubled, fallen world. Through Jesus, you get peace with God. But then Jesus comes to live inside of you. And you have the peace of God. Because you keep your eyes on him. And because you say, I'm not going to worry. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to thank God. And as you do, you just find out that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guards your heart and minds through Jesus Christ. Um, I hadn't planned on saying this, but God just spoke this to me. Uh, my mother, my, my dad was a policeman, seven children, grandmother and grandfather came to live in the house over that. There were, there were, I think, 11 people in a house with one bathroom. It is humanly impossible. <laughs> humanly impossible. And the sink was no bigger than this. I'm telling you. But I watched my mother over the years. My dad was a good man, but he was a stern man. He worked, man of few words. But you know what? I'm going to tell you about my mother. She never, ever, ever lost her peace. There was a peace in her. I mean, it just was never shaken. Never shaken. And I know what it was. It was the peace of Jesus. 
And I think about it. If anybody had difficult circumstances at times, if anybody was in the storms at times, if anybody had heartaches at times, my Lord, you could multiply them by a thousand. But I tell you what, I never saw her when she didn't have peace. Well, it was because she was a remarkable woman. No, it was because the Prince of Peace lived in her heart. And she looked to Jesus to be her peace. And that same Jesus, if you're a Christian, lives in you. So I'm telling you, you're going to have the storms. But you just, keep, you just keep looking to him and you keep crying out to him. And you're going to find yourself having a peace that passes all human understanding.